2: 129
3: to 111. White got the lay in, and now a foul on Boston. They say no shot, and Quinn is still screaming. And now we've got a tussle underneath. And of course, Marcus Smart's right in the middle of it. See,
1: Marcus Smart started that. Yeah, hit him in the groin. That's what got it going. But say- oh! We go. I do believe that was Atlanta TV. I don't want to besmirch the name of my friend Steve Holman, but I think it uh that sounded like Atlanta TV because, well, of course, oh, of course, Christian Marcus Smart would be involved, right? Of course, say, this is is the reputation uh, of Marcus Smart so bad that like in Atlanta, Georgia. You've got a play-by-play guy being like, "Wow, I'm smart is smart?" And yeah, first of all, that first of all, who who is that guy? Dude, it's anybody. I mean, he's so nasally. He sounds like an old like 1930s, 1940s Denny Matthews, the guy that does the uh Kansas City Royals. That's right. Okay. He's got that horse in your shor harsh. And, he, and he's got like a lisp after after everything. You can tell he's old as hell. That dude, well how is he. Yeah, small too. Of course, Marcus Sparks right in the middle of it. Arr, like, arr, I got a cold. Um, Yeah, arr. of course he is. First of all, he did engage him, and he did take him down. If you look at the video, they kind of, like, tangled up, right? And they're holding each other. And we got it on the Twitch stream right now. Okay, so go to twitch.tv slash Boston W-E-E-I. Coop's doing a good job. Now, watch them. They tangle up, and he falls down. He takes him to the ground, and then he acts like it's... Like, oh, what happened? To me, that's such a punk move. Like, I mean, listen. Well, it's because Trey Young held on. No, he wanted to go down. So Trey Young is another Trey Young's another one of the faux tough guys. Meaning he's another No. I like Trey Young as a player. I like his guts, but he does the Kevin Garnett. Kevin remember Kevin Garnett in Phoenix? Oh, let me uh, tap you in the ding ding and then hold me back, hold me back, hold me back. (laughs) That's what Trey Young did one. No, no, Marcus Smart. No, no. Trey Young was was like, he held on, he got thrown down, and then. Watch how fast. So there it is. He's trying to get his hands off of yeah, him. Watch Marcus Smart and pull he's him like, down. Hey? Look, there he And goes. then they're like hugging each other. And then look how fast Trey Young gets away. He was like, let me get not only behind the basket, but make sure there are three refs they are <laughs> like, come on, put him up, put him up. I know, but the point is like you're asking me like, does Marcus Smart have a reputation? Of course he doesn't. It's warranted. It's valid. It's 100% valid. So I mean, and then after he pulls Trey Young to the ground, he acts like he looks at the ref like, "Look, look at, what look at he Trae did!" Young. Hold on, oh yeah. oh yeah, here it is. Let's get a bunch of people in between us. Of course, oh that's there called, it that's, is. That's called the baseball fight. Because nobody, those, you think those guys out in the bullpen really want to run out to, nope. to you know, to the to the mound and fight? Lou Merlone risks life and limb to protect Pedro, <laughs> running backwards from Gerald Williams in Tampa. <laughs> I will forever. Hold to that one, that Pedro endangered Lou's life (laughs) in that that instance. But, you know, a lot of it is also Marcus Smart is the kind of guy that you need on a roster. And here's what gets me about people around here busting Marcus Smart's chops. Doesn't Marcus Smart provide to the Celtics what a guy like Rodney Harrison provided to the Patriots? (laughs) It's Woody Woodpecker. He's a little bit of an instigator. It's the stuff that people want on their team, but they don't want to admit that they want on their team. And Marcus Smart is just the basketball version of Rodney Harrison. He's a hardo. He'll take stuff too seriously. The world's against us. Hey, if I throw you down, you better be ready to go. Rodney used to talk about all the time, I set aside hundreds of thousands of dollars for being fined. Isn't it all the same thing at the end of the day? You're an instigator. Yes, I I would. Marcus Smart. I've been all over the place with Marcus Smart as far as my opinions, but now it's like he just reminds me of okay. You have a group of friends, and then there's always one guy that you're gonna have to be okay. Well, Gresh is gonna. You know how Gresh is. You know he's triggered easily, and 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 if he gets in a fight, we're all gonna have to get in a fight. Okay, so do we really want Gresh coming with us? Like that type of thing. Sure. Hey, you know what? He's fun. We love him. We're loyal to him. But, man, he gets so uptight so quickly and things escalate so fast. Now we have to have his back. But I don't want to get in a fight today. I just want to have a good time. That, to me, is Marcus Smart. So if you're indecisive or not sure about him, then you can't really have him on your team because when he decides to go nuts – you have to jump into the fight. We used to have this rule. Like if one of us, like even on, on a football field, like if there was a fight during practice, yep. if you were seen being the last person into the fray, into the into the scrum, you were fined. Fight pops off. Guys are tangled up. You drop everything and you sprint into the fray. You sprint into the fight. To make sure everybody knows that you have her back. Like that was a real rule. Mm-hmm. And if you were if you were last on film running, you got fined. It was a rule. We had it. And, and people took it seriously. But there was always that one guy we'd go, dude, stop. Like I just, I'm, I don't want to, I'm done. Don't put us in this just position. Stop. Or stop it already. But he was so good. But of the other stuff that you just had to kind of deal with. And I think that's where I'm at with Marcus Smart. If you're not willing to be all in on Marcus Smart you cannot be a fan of Marcus Smart like you can't pick and choose when you jump in and out of what he brings to the to the team which is you are 100% correct like you need that you he's want rodney that harrison in, in because my opinion he makes he makes some unbelievable plays because of that aspect of his personality You have to be willing to accept the good with the bad for a player like Marcus Smart because there are those who look at it and say, dude, you're a lottery pick. And all lottery picks are supposed to be 25 points a game and eight and a half rebounds a game and six assists a game, and Marcus Smart doesn't do that, so what's his value? I think we finally come out of that sort of narrative of the we're waiting for Marcus Smart to become something that he isn't, and this is, some would say, the downside of having a guy who is a bit of an instigator, but he's also the dude that doesn't take any crap. And I do wonder how much from the Trey Young end of it was – I've listened to this guy enough. Now I'm going to toss his ass down. Game was in control. I know we got a bunch of people in the Twitch chat and text 37937. Well, if they lost, he would have been the big goat. Da da, 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 da. Or, you know, he would have been the, the guy on the hook. Uh, I don't know. I feel like this team has a pretty healthy balance as to what Marcus Smart brings. And while there's going to be moments and some would have point to, hey, Saturday night in Atlanta might have been one of them. To me, they're necessary. And look, if we find out that Trey Young is out there woofing and barking and talking junk and all that, and Marcus Smart decided to do something about it, normally we'd be all for it. Normally we would be. But for some reason with this player, he is viewed differently than other insects. If that were a Bruin, ah, peanut butter all over the body, everywhere if it were a Bruin, but it was Marcus Smart. But isn't there a... So it an must aspect be aspect of selfishness that comes along with this. I'm just and listen, I'm just telling. let's just be real, okay? Yeah. There's an aspect of here he goes again. Dude, just calm down. Does everything have to be a confrontation? Do you always have to just be so emotional? Can't you just keep it in check for once? Oh. And why does it always have to escalate? Cuz now there is an aspect of selfishness. That's why my point is either if you're not cannonballed in with Marcus Smart, you'll you'll you can't last. You can't last because he'll do so many things that bug the crap out of you. Texter two zero seven and the seven seven four. Marcus Smart is basketball Brad Marchand. He drove me nuts. Does he, Yeah. That's why we love him. Yeah. I so I and I because think there are parts of it as a fan where and those kind of players you ride the wave with them. There's no question. Well, also he's not going to change. And you watch the Bruins. Oh, he's a good. He's a good example. You watch Bergeron or any of these guys, the O'Poshanok, and when they talk about Marshan, like they just, they don't roll their eyes. They just go, they just basically say, well, oh, that's just who he is. We've learned to accept him. It's like either you're with him or you're not. There is no in between. And his loyalty, you benefit from his loyalty. Just like all these guys benefit from Marcus Smart's behavior, his attitude, the way he fights, the way mm-hmm. he dives on the go. They all benefit from it too. So you see, they go, God, well, I'm taking all the good. But man, there's just sometimes I just don't want to jump into the fight. Well, I think when Marcus Smart this year, this is the rare time where that part of his personality has kind of risen up and sort of reared its ugly head, let's say. We used to have more of these types of incidents with Marcus Smart, and now they're fleeting as this team has sort of, maybe we could say found themselves a little bit. Well, real quick, before you go, in the end, yep. this year, will Marcus Smart be more... Uh, be the reason you win a title or you lose a title. Win. Same with me. Win. In the end, cost it out. Eval it out. He'll be bigger, a bigger reason why you win it than you lose it. Having a guy who wants to play defense against a second best player, first best player, because you know, that's where Jason... Listen, say it's uh, Boston Phoenix in the NBA Finals. You're going to get a lot of Durant and Tatum. And then it's Who's, your ne- who's the guy to take out someone like Booker? That's where you want Marcus yeah. Smart. Somebody who's yeah. like, I don't care if I get two assists and four points, I'm going to take this guy, I, or I'm going to make this guy's life miserable. And it is weird, though, because he's not the best player – but he definitely is the has the, the most opinions, the great the biggest attitude, the, is the most vocal, is the most demonstrative, is also the most passionate. A little BMF so, in him. That's there's why there's a ton of it. And you just say so. Like Al is the reserved old vet. You know, Jalen is the deep thinker. Jason Tatum is the is the thoughtful, a quiet one. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Brogdon is your big brother who just you know listen. Like, can we all just you know what I mean? So Marcus and, Smart will grab somebody by the goozle pipe yeah. if they need it, whereas those other guys don't have yeah. it in them. Like Brogdon's not doing that. Al's not doing that. They're all – they're breaking it up. Right. They're breaking it up. <laughs> They're the ones trying to go in and be like, no, Marcus, Please don't stop. rip his throat out. Please, Kate, let's see, guys, let's all have a meeting <laughs> before we meet as a team to who's responsible for making sure Smart stays away from Trey Young. Hey, if you have not subscribed to the Gresham Fourier podcast, what the hell are you waiting for? Uh, wherever you find your podcast, make sure you download the Gresham Fourier podcast today. So if you miss any part of the show, can't listen to it on the Odyssey app, you can download it, to take it wherever you want to go. Celtics, a game and a half back of Milwaukee. Uh, Celtics will play Houston tonight. Milwaukee will take on Sacramento. Terp already bet that game, by the way, and he took Sacramento, just to <laughs> let everybody know. Um, but Damon Stoudemire, uh, according to Jeff Goodman, who is uh, really much more Mr. College Basketball than Pro Basketball. Uh, Jeff, He's a local guy, though, is Oh, he? I love Goodman. Yeah, He's a great guy. Good. A good. Tweeted, guy. tweeted this. Boston Celtics assistant Damon Stoudemire has emerged as a strong candidate at Georgia Tech, this according to Stadium. Uh, Stoudemire has Atlanta ties, did a good job as the head coach at Pacific, has also been an assistant at Memphis and at Arizona. Um, Part of the reason why I think it is worth us sort of bringing this up is it's not an end-all, be-all, don't get me wrong. But if you remember, Ime Udoka targeted Damon Stoudemire as a high-level assistant. That was like a high-level ad that he wanted because it was somebody who played the game, somebody who would understand how to talk to NBA players. And it does worry me a little bit. Not that Damon Stoudemire, again, he ain't the end-all be-all, but on this staff he has an important role. And if you unplug that guy this close to the playoffs, how do you then – not even reconfigure the staff. Well, can who sort of him? assumes the role? Well, can you pull him that quickly? I mean, I know. Well, the that's the are thing. Until June, no, but that's the thing is that if he's going to get this job, he's got to go. He's gonna if I, if really? gets his head. Well, first of all, it's a power five head coaching. Yeah, job. no, I know. So they wouldn't be a uh, Georgia Tech wouldn't be able to. It's not like uh, college football. Let's say where it's like, uh, oh yeah, this guy's coaching in a uh, bowl game, but. You know, as soon as he's done here, he's going to Tennessee or Georgia well, or whatever. It's funny because I know when Charlie Weiss got that Notre Dame job, he was out. Right he after was three, well, no, no. Well, at, he, was, but oh, he was during re- the playoffs. But during yeah. the playoffs, he was recruiting. Even at the Super Bowl, he was recruiting. He was doing. He was double dipping, doing both. And I remember just how pff, uptight and irritated he was, like all the time, because he was being pulled in so many different directions. So I would say, man, you got to stay. You got to listen. You can take the job, but you have to stay. You can recruit during, your, you know, during our flights. It ain't gonna happen. I mean, if he gets the job now, maybe one of the impediments for Georgia Tech is maybe there's a little uneasiness yeah. there, or maybe Stoudemire's like, boy, I'd really like to finish this. I'm with a team that has a legit chance yeah. to win an NBA title. The other thing for Damon Stoudemire too is he's drumming up business for himself. I mean, if you're a finalist for a Power 5 head coaching job, you're going to get in that pipeline more and more and more. I think Damon Stoudemire just really wants to be a head coach. And what's the easiest way for him to do it maybe to get there if he wants to come back to the NBA is go do it in college for a little bit. Mm. And and look, it's not like it's going to, again, with all due respect, you know, it's not like it's going to an A-10 job. You know what I mean? Like You're not going to Duquesne. Mm-hmm. Georgia Tech – you know what I mean? They've been in Final cool. Fours. They're in the ACC. Tough place to be able to win, but it's one of the premier conferences in college basketball. That's a big-time job. It's hard to get in that school. Very <laughs> much so. It's harder to get into that school than it is Duke. It is pretty, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. crazy. I How know. that? And both in the same league. That's the other thing, too. It is harder to get into that school than it is Duke. And Wake Forest, I'm sure, can't be real easy to get into. Nor can Boston College. There's a couple of ACC schools that are – Pretty tough to get into, and then then there's Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, then there's the teams that want to make sure they have good teams, and they have yeah. they make sure they have uh, you know majors that those guys can use. There's Pitt, there's Syracuse, yeah. there's yeah. places like that where it's. Uh, Sure, what do it be? I'll be a communications yeah. major. What does that mean? I don't know. I can't speak, but I'll be in communications. Wait, so I was a communication major. Thank oh, you very much. All right, there University we go. University of Colorado. Yes, there we go. It worked. At I'm least communicating. Not at, well. At least I got a degree in journalism for whatever that's I mean, worth. It's the same thing. It's like communication journalism. Well, I actually was a, a, a what was that? If uh, you I was a learned film studies major. If you learned the principles of journalism and communications, I would like to know that. The principles of communication. Okay. No, no, the principles of journalism. of journalism. Okay, journalism. Okay, have a good thesis. Good. Point number one. Oh, boy. Okay, uh, make sure you, uh, if you don't know the facts, make them up. Okay. Okay, that would be number You're two. You're very good at that. Number three, make sure you end it with, in conclusion, and then that's your last In conclusion. You wrap it all up in a bow. Oh, my God. In conclusion. In conclusion. Those are the three uh, keys to journalism. In conclusion, I declare (laughs) that I'm the greatest gambler that ever lived. Uh, Uh, And make sure somebody types all your papers. Very key, too. Even if you're taking Spanish. Let's get somebody doing them for you, too. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
0: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
2: Now, more Gresham Fourier
0: on WEEI.
1: Marcus Jones in on offense. He's in the backfield. Marcus Jones, Mr. Everything for the Patriots. Second and goal. Matt Jones to the corner of the end zone, out
3: of the reach of Smith. That's the timing I'm talking about.
1: Oh, one of the lowlights from Janu Smith breaking it all down with you, as Ian Rappaport has dropped within the last ten minutes. Patriots are trading tight end John Smith to the Falcons. Former big ticket free agent heads elsewhere, creates space for New England, and not that much. Uh, maybe three and a half, maybe four million dollars in space gets created but foyer uh mm. John Smith goes to the Falcons for a 7th round pick doesn't matter what they gave. and you. i thought that the uh, i thought Arthur Smith was going to get punted out of there the head coach of the Falcons this must show that the guys got a little gravitas down there because this was one of the dudes that Honestly, he got Johnu Smith paid. He did. I mean, think about it. Arthur Smith got a head coaching job, and John o. Smith got paid. Yeah. All because those two guys worked together. Now they're re- reunite. Okay, I, I think I- – I feel like this is the time where you're handling all family business. Okay. Okay. Aguilar, his contract wore out. That was a terrible signing. He was terrible. I would say, who, who's who been worse? Well, I still think it's Aguilar. Anytime that guy caught the damn ball, like something bad happened after he caught it in like the worst possible time. Johnu Smith was just, wow! What a disappointment. Like, I mean, he was he was just heralded as this guy that could do all this stuff. You know, Bills talking about him in the backfield. He just couldn't figure it out, and he couldn't catch the ball, and he couldn't stay healthy. So this is this is great news. You needed the space. You needed to get him off the roster. So you needed a reminder of what a failure. That whole decision was to pay him all that money. Didn't work. It did not I mean, work at all. He tried. Work. He just couldn't. Fit. He's just not a good football player. Bill was wrong on this one. They tried. Well, you I've know never what? A guy force-fed more opportunities than John U. Smith. Do you think he's a bad player and therefore will be bad in Atlanta, or did he just not fit here? Because those are two different things. I think he is tailor-made. I think he is. I think I don't think so. Hunter Henry can fit in any system. Uh-huh. He's a tight end. You can do – sorry, he can't, you know, be a tailback. He's not supposed to be a tailback. I think they forced the issue with Jonu Smith, personally. Um, He's more of a gimmick guy. He's – if you have the right system, I mean, you can run him open. If you have a Derrick Henry, a lot of play action. He'll catch and run under routes, go routes, fine. You know, change up guy. But I don't think he's a great tight end. I don't think he's a good tight end. I think he's average. I wonder if they thought he was capable of more, meaning that – He would be kind of like a gronk, light. He's a bigger guy for a tight end. We thought he could block. Yeah, but but based on the money, you thought he was Aaron Hernandez. That's what you thought it was. You thought he was – He could. You couldn't cover him in a phone book. You thought he had quick, you know, fast, quick muscles. He just – I feel like every route that they gave him was designed for success. It's like he couldn't get open like Hunter Henry could. Hunter Henry to me was more valuable Because he knew how to get open.
3: Great after the catch. Probably best in the league.
1: That's the one. I better than him after the catch. Bill pumped his tires when they played Tennessee a couple years ago. And that led everybody to think, wow, this is. But even when he was signed. So I I feel like this is great. You know, because they're going to go draft a tight end now. They have the space. I think now maybe they signed Jacoby Myers. And I still think they get a tight end. Hunter Henry is the perfect guy for a young tight end. Perfect. He knows what he's doing. He can explain the offense. You can just watch him and you know what to do. And he knows that he ain't going to be here very long. All right. However, because I know that there have been a lot of mock drafts where a lot of people think that uh, Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame, is someone that the Patriots would consider drafting at 14. That feels a little high. Seems real high. Doesn't it? When was Dan Graham, though? Like, Graham was a high draft Graham, I think, was, he was 21. Was he that late? 21, 20. I thought he was in the 20s. I know Ben was late, but as far as first, listen, I don't know. But if that's Myer, the, okay. Myers, but here's the a, thing. He's a stud. All right, but here's the thing. If you go get Mayer, the kid from Notre Dame, then what are you? A two tight end offense again? Like, uh, uh, what does that say about how you're going to put this offense together if you take a pick that high and you, you know, say you pass on the the tackle from Ohio State to go at another tight end. I think is that really the road they're going to go now. I will say this: there's a this is a great year to need a tight end. There's a ton of them there, and they're, you, and, they're now, a, and they're all good. There you go. And that's what I that's why I think it's important for us to talk about it because in the first round there is that high end guy, but really the crop that is ready to go in this draft are really those second and third round guys. And I wonder if that's where they're looking at. You brought up the kid from Oregon State where a lot of people are starting to uh, smart on him. I couldn't remember his name to save my life. Uh, well, that's Luke Musgrave. Okay. There are a lot of people that are smarting on him. He was dinged up last year. This is, they again, the, the draft Knicks have said this is maybe the best tight end crop top to bottom in 10 years. Probably since 1995. So you go all the way back thirty some odd years. That's my Listen draft. to you. <laughs> no, I've seen a lot of these guys play too. So the guy, um, uh, the Dalton Kincaid guy, the guy out of Utah is pretty special, dude. Like they're all really good. Meyer is more of a phys- big physical guy. You, and that's not even getting to the dudes from freaking Georgia. Who like there? who's like six eight, can run, is just a badass. Oh, I mean, the kid just, making all the one-handed catches. Just, he um, looks like an offensive lineman. Yeah, are just there's a lot of good guys. So um I'm just happy because I feel like John U. Smith was like what did you like you already knew what he was capable of. You didn't need another year so I get, of experimentation with John U. Smith. There we go. So That's I it. so I get the sense that this was uh the on field equivalent. Of pushing Matt Patricia out the door as well. We need to exercise the sins of the past. And this is one of them. Well, but Matt, even- you need to go. Johnu, you need to go to yeah. So Johnu Smith doesn't work with Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels can't make it work. Josh McDaniels Tried. never did. Josh embrace him. He Do you did. think? Okay, all right. I I can point to specific examples when they said he had it. Remember the one catch that like he was doing like a missile screen. He, he caught it and just fumbled it three times and it dropped and hit the ground. The very next game, they created the first two opening series they there were um design plays mm-hmm. it wasn't like get open plays it was design play to John U. Smith first like you know three plays he got it, he got it. then he caught a pass ran along the sideline falls hurts his shoulder he's out so as soon as they start involving him okay and he's being successful he gets, gets hurt. hurt right so, it, so I would say okay so fine that didn't work next year. Matt Patricia needs you. He just—he's just not the guy. Matt Patricia was not the guy to unlock a guy like Josh. Well, I would say that Josh couldn't do it either, right? So if Josh can't do it, what makes us think that Matt Patricia? No, it, this is needed to happen. Aguilor gone. John o. Smith gone. You keep the guy. You keep Henry. You keep uh, Parker. You keep. Um, you try to keep Jacoby Myers. You try to because even this move alone doesn't free up enough to be able to get Myers. It adds to the kitty. But it's not like getting rid of John o. Smith frees up $10 million, that you can then just slide right over to Jacoby. And you know what? I don't like – I personally don't like having question marks or even doubt with free agent veteran players. John o. Smith is still a question mark. I shouldn't have that. Tyquan Thornton, you can still have a question mark for him. Got hurt last year. Crappy offense. You have no idea. Still going in with some doubts and some, eh, we'll see what happens, okay, because this to me is technically his first year. You bring in a tight end. I can have some doubts with a rookie tight end. He's a rookie. Any Cole Strange less doubt this year that he made all his mm-hmm. mistakes. He's better. He knows how long the league is. He knows how to adapt and he, he's going to be protected with another offensive lineman. John o. Smith needed to go. Needed to go. Doesn't mean he I actually liked him. He was a good interview. He was personable. I liked him. Other than not fitting here, he didn't do no. anything else no. to warrant Just him being. He's probably happy as hell. He's going back. Are you kidding He's me? He's going to someone that he knows. Him, yep. Kyle Pitts, who got well, it was a first round, high first round bat draft. It got hurt last year. It's well, going to be those two guys. And if I were to bust the balls of the Pat themselves on the back show, or the Greg Hill show in the morning, then we would be like, well, if you drafted the amazing Kyle Pitts, why do you then need to turn around and get another tight end? But I won't be snarky. Like, that. no, don't do it. That's not my way. No, be, be polite. Let's go to uh, John in Rhode Island talking about John o. Smith getting shipped out of here. John, go ahead.
0: Hallelujah. I don't have to listen to you, Gresh Weekly, saying, well, maybe they'll get John o. Smith involved this week. Oh, that guy was terrible. Get him off my team and now I don't have to hear you talk about it. Oh wait, but John, today.
1: but John, they spent a bunch of money yeah. on him. He should be great. I figured that Johnu Smith I, is right up your alley and they, they just went out and willy-nilly yeah. signed checks. You are twisting my words. I like paying players that have talent. No. You don't have an eye for when you, you don't have an eye for talent, you, and you think Johnu is worth the money. You, I don't you pay players that don't have talent. Uh, yeah, are you kidding me? Of course you do. You had to call up and do a mea culpa during the year because one of your guys that you pumped up was so awful. John's the whole spend money on everybody. That that that. If John in Rhode Island were a GM, he'd be broke. <laughs> so would everybody who calls oh in. my god everyone would be broke look the Janu thing in theory i thought would work given the way they ran this offense there were two things that happened number one it didn't click with mcdaniels and then the other part we couldn't afford there's no way that whenever they were recruiting Johnu smith it was hey we got josh mcdaniels and you know what if it goes bad we've got matt patricia Who's mm. going to make you a star, fix it. right? Like it, it was a unique set of circumstances, but clearly it did not work. Clearly it didn't work. See, John is the cherry picker. Hunter Henry, totally worth the money because he can point to numbers. And, and, but it's the, all I'm going to point at you is to this guy when he was wrong. When there's a half dozen guys that, that again, people like John loved. And it was, let's just go throw money at everybody. It doesn't work that way. See, to me, Henry was always the safer of the two picks. Consistent. His biggest issue was he was hurt. He always got hurt. That was really it was only his biggest issue. I think if you look at it, they tried to get him going like that first game that you mentioned. First game of 2011. Hit him with a couple of passes. Try to get him involved. Then he gets hurt, then he gets dinged. Then they fell out of love with him. It felt like yeah. Like, it didn't feel like Josh McDaniels had any real confidence in no. John Smith. If I don't if I don't design a play to get you the ball, you can't get open on your own. Where Henry, you could just run your offense and he'll be part of the progression. Well, and it's little things like understanding the even though I'm gonna have an outbreaking route, let me turn my shoulders inside real quick before I you do just, it. You can't do like it. it feels like Henry is a more nuanced uh, route runner, he is. whereas with Janu, I mean, again he was really good in Tennessee, and I know the numbers never, like it wasn't 90 catches, no. they didn't rely on him and I don't think that was the intent for him here but clearly it bombed no doubt about it Paulie and Dedham on the NFL and free agency, go ahead Paulie
3: Hey, what's happening, guys? What's up? Hi, Paul. I hope you enjoyed, hope you enjoyed your uh, trip out to Las Vegas, Andy.
1: Uh, it was, it was um, great, minus the flight home, but all good, brother. What do you have?
3: <laughs> Want to get some turbulence
1: there? Uh, um, no, I uh, I had an airline that uh, couldn't operate a computer, but another story for another time.
3: <laughs> okay. That's why I always pay cash. Anyway, uh, Christian, what do you think of Willis? I love him. Uh, the uh, the uh, tight end out of Oklahoma. He looks like he'd be a devastating blocker. And I can work with a guy like that uh, in terms of we're running a pass catcher. I got more to say, but I want to hear you know, you know, your opinion on him.
1: That's, he's not even in my top ten.
3: Really, boy, is he big, strong, and boy, can he? He'll be he'll move bodies. Give me, hey, Pauly,
1: give me another obscure tight end from the uh, from the big uh, from the Big Twelve.
3: <laughs> okay, what do you think about Kansas State? Like
1: what do you think about Kansas State's tight end? No, I don't know, Pauly. Like I, I mean, that's, that oh, maybe, well. I guess I have to look him up now. Yeah,
3: he's, he's a brute, man. He looks like he's a bit athletic, too. Um, he'd, like, he'd, have, he'd be like having another offensive lineman. But um, I think that, that uh, Myers, you're going to have to let him go. Somebody's going to overpay for him, and Bourne can easily fill that, that role. Um, I'm, I think you should sign John Jones. I'd definitely take him if, you, if it comes down to him or Myers. You gotta, i got to have John Jones. He's fast. He can cover, and he's a big hitter. And if he can see the field, I think he's your new free safety. Now on on Bernard Hopkins no no and no. He's way 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 too much money against the Did you say two did, years? Did you say Paul He's not durable.
1: Yeah, did, yeah, you you said Bernard Hopkins and on that one we got to let you go because that's an old boxer. Uh thinking of DeAndre Hopkins. Um uh, it was a good effort, Paul. He really was. Uh we're going to learn a lot more about this tight end crop. But I would say, and Foyer, you tell me if I'm wrong, focus on third and fourth round. Don't think first or second for a tight end, in my opinion. Ah. go If you're thinking now third round, fourth round, you got the ability to move up. Like, Let's put it this way. I think they own the 77th or 78th pick overall in the draft. That one came from Carolina. Will one of their tight ends, meaning the Patriots, be there at 78, 77, 78, right around there. Mm. I would dare say yes. Of the top 100 players in this draft, what would you put? Four four tight ends in the top 100? Maybe three uh, or four? Uh, I, I, definitely five. So you have five in the top yeah. 100. If that's the yeah. case, then yeah. you might be able to sort of push down or or move yeah. down even more. Six one seven 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 nine. 793 7. Quickly, because this is a good uh, question here. Bob in uh, Broomfield. Go ahead, Bob. Hi, how are you doing, guys? With all this
3: talk about draft and free agency, there's never any mention of a fullback. That, that's how they got to the last Super Bowl with ground and pound, with Devlin blowing the holes open, finished out the season strong, and then went to the Super Bowl and won 13 3. Defense, run the ball. You have a good stable of running backs, get a good fullback in there. And then you don't need Mac Jones
1: to be a superstar, Bob. You uh, you you've brought up something that is very fascinating because it's all a part of roster construction. Fourier, I know they're going to replace Janu the position at, at uh, but does this open up to slide a fullback back on the roster and give you that different kind of versatility you, between you, fullback you, and tight end? You couldn't name me one fullback coming out in the draft, not one. No, but there are plenty of veteran guys. Who are out there? Who have done it? That you might be able to tap. I would into. say, out of the out of all the Super Bowls the Patriots have won, how many of those Super Bowls were fullback dependent? Of all the Super Bowls that they won. Well, no one is fullback dependent. No, my point is, what I would call up the goal. Oh, this is how hey, this is how they won those Super Bowls with with James Devlin. Okay, I would say, all right. All right so that's what two? How many he went to? I'm not even sure. Um, how many of the Super Bowls that the Patriots won? where the the offense was dependent on on a fullback. No, but it's more than that. People have been trained for 20 years that the fullback is a functioning part of this offense. And when you you have two tight ends and one of them is a complete flop, I don't blame someone for bringing up, hey, Mike, the full... Because again, if a tight end and a fullback are interchangeable and it's through the eyes of someone, you know, who can think and call plays on the sideline like Bill O'Brien, whereas Matt Patricia couldn't figure out how to get home at night... I understand why people are bringing it up cuz think about it you can go all you go way deep into the archive of like you said there's Devlin there's like Mark Edwards. Okay, where the, the hell did that guy come from? You know what Notre I mean? Dame, actually, right? Uh, no, but the but that was that was it. And even then, we did all that stuff. But Devlin, right? Tight ends can we did it, but maybe they found out that unless you have the right tight end, you can't. So get a fullback in there to be able to give yourself a little I more uh, you, formational flexibility. And he was a defensive tackle from Brown that they converted. They said they like him. Yeah, let's James find Devlin. a spot yeah. for him. Yep. And then sure enough, they said, hey, he likes running into people. Perfect. We got a spot for you. So maybe you don't go sign the Jacob Johnson, no. but you have one in mind. Yeah. There's going to be somebody on the roster that can do it because there's no way that Bill O'Brien is going to go full backless. Not a, well, really? No, no. I'm not talking about on a consistent basis, oh. but there's no way that's not in the playbook. There's something there. You know it as well as I do. Well, again, I will say... To save space on a roster, it's usually the third tight end or the second tight end. There it's you usually go. What it is, and maybe, uh, and and to you know, to Paul's point, if he just wants Kyle Brady, if he wants a meathead, yeah. that's somebody that can do both. But you're probably taking that guy with a sixth or seventh round flyer, not in the middle of the draft, just to have another big body. It's rare that a fullback. Like uh, so, it used to be that now the long snappers. That's a you don't have to play another position. You can just be a long snapper. Right. It was back they didn't want to use a roster spot on just a guy who snaps the ball between his legs. So they were really relying on linebackers, tight ends, uh, guys that can do both, and therefore they can t- kill two birds with one stone. Right. Hey, you'd be a linebacker and you'd be a long snapper. I don't have to give up a roster spot now. That's specialized. They don't. Most guys who snap the ball, that's all they do is snap the ball. They don't do anything else. We'll continue unpacking the Johnu Smith trade and the lunchtime parlay is next. W-E-E-I.
0: Love WEEI
2: New England
1: Sports
0: Original.
2: If your day sounds like
0: we need the report ASAP.
2: You deserve Medella if you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame,
1: Tourist, tour.
2: you deserve this ice cold reward. Medellin, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crying port Chicago, Illinois.
0: Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.
1: Here we go. Time for the lunchtime parlay. We will get back to the Patriots talk. Janu Smith is now an Atlanta Falcon. And the legal tampering period for the NFL starts at noon. I wonder by 1 o'clock how many tweets or, or uh, intel gets out there on deals that are done. But let's get to the lunchtime parlay. Where uh, almost pulled or almost uh, brought one home on Friday. Almost. Uh, Michigan State did not uh, handle Ohio State. By the way, that was two picks this week against Ohio State on the uh, lunchtime parlay that went uh, the other way. Because if I remember correctly, Wisconsin plus was the pick of someone. Before he then wanted his complete numbers reset. Who who are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Just say their name. He, he. Uh, Nobody knows who uh, you're talking about. Oh, I mean you. Oh, But everybody knows you're the only one who wanted your record reset for this. Hmm. Somebody's want to know right now. Well, that would be me. Hoopy doo. I am you just, got a you got a decent record twenty eight seventeen and you, one is called profitable. Well, I we should start. To, uh, you won also. Okay, we well, should start now. We should start keeping track of your. Record. Oh yeah, that's right. Now that we're officially, competing I've never never been doing this. But all right, then why don't you lead the way I for believe, today's lunchtime parlay? Here we go. Bucks at Kings. Okay, the Kings. We know they score a lot of points, and over the last where's, nine games, where, where, where where's where's your emotion in all? Oh, there we go. I was gonna say where's the emotion in all this? Um, but now your are do up with this. Along. Okay, I just want to try a little something different, all right? Because obviously, uh, you can't just pick the money line every single time. So I try to do something a little bit different to give people something to, oh, to go sure, around. So the sure. so uh, so the uh, so the the I'm going to take the under. So 243.5 points. That is uh, the line for uh, combined points. I'm going to take the under. Um, Kings being a high scoring, all they care about is playing offense. They don't play defense. But the Bucks are one of the best defenses in the league. So take the under, take the under, feel good about it, rest at night. All right. How about was there something wrong the way I said that? I use my own language. I use my own language. I paraphrase the article I'm reading. <laughs> Says you. <laughs> Says you. Uh, Billy, what do you got? All right. The uh, the Timberwolves are playing the Hawks in Atlanta tonight. So the uh, I think the Hawks are going to have a bounce back game. Give me Trey Young over 27 and a half points. Against those T-wolves. I'll show you, Marcus Smart. Exactly. Trey Young and uh, Anthony Edwards there. That'd be a a good battle. Chicken Nick, what do you got? I'm headed out to Seattle. This line just moved in the last 10 minutes. It moved? It did. The Stars and Kraken. It moved. uh, It was set at six for the over-under. It is now set at six and a half. And now it's plus money. So I love it even more. Give wow! stars and Kraken tonight at least uh, over six and a half. Years. How about that? And I'm going with an underdog as well. Give me Utah plus seven and a half against the Miami Heat. Now, it was either last week or two weeks ago. I was on the Heat because the uh, the ATS as a favorite and them at home. Eh, it has not been good. How about this? Miami 5 17 and one against the spread as a a favorite of four points or more, and uh, better defensive numbers for Utah. So, give me Utah plus seven and a half in Miami tonight to go with Trey Young over. Stars cracking over six and a half, and Christian Foyer, Billy Big Betts, has the Bucks and the Kings going under 243 and a half. Ladies and gentlemen, those $10 will win you. One hundred seventeen dollars and forty nine cents. That's a really good return. It's a uh, what a multiple of eleven with uh, two cups of coffee thrown in there. There you go on that one hundred seventeen forty nine. So the Patriots now need a tight end, so free safety, wide receiver, tight end, punter, offensive line. How many picks do they have in the draft? they got to be dipping their toe in the free agent waters, are they not? We'll start to unpack all this lunch hour next.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month.
1: New iPhone 15s? Here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.